Are you ready to start living richer? Well, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Live Richer podcast, hosted by Jamie Catmull, a podcast created for people to challenge and manage their ideas of wealth, culture, and money across the world, bringing you the best personal finance advice to make more, save more, and live richer. Now, here's your host, Jamie Catmull. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Live Richer podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about student loans. So if you have a student loan and you don't know how to pay it back, if you are somebody who's thinking about going to college and you don't know how to pay for it, or if you're a parent and your child wants to go to school and you don't know how you're going to give them the money to go to school, so you're thinking about signing on that student loan, this podcast is something you're going to want to listen to. I am so lucky to be able to have two very special guests with me from the Ramsey Solution team, George Camel and Christina Ellis. They are experts when it comes to student loan and paying off debt and raising money for college. Christina, George, how are you guys today? So great. We are so pumped to be here. We are very passionate about this topic, and I can't wait to uh, help the listeners out today. Yes. Thanks for having us. Well... First of all, I watched the documentary um, last night. Borrowed Future. And I was... Borrowed Future. I was blown away. I could not believe how many people are struggling with student loan debt. And I'm just going to go right out of the gate here, you guys. What are some of the misconceptions people have when it comes to student loans? I mean, what are some things, falsities that we are believing that we need to change as a society? Well... Ramsey Solutions did a research study recently, and we found that four out of 10 people don't even think student loans are debt. And so it starts with a definition of what debt is. And debt is owing anything to anyone for any reason. And we have to get there first. That is a baseline that student loans are debt, and there is no such thing as good debt. You've probably heard that one before. Well, student loans are good debt, right? Because it sets me up for my future. And look where we are now. $1.7 $1.7 trillion in student loan debt. People can't get homes. They don't want to get married. They, do, they can't have kids because they feel so financially stricken with this debt. It says in the movie, literally, it's killing the American dream, student loans are. And um, I just was, like you just said right there, you know, people can't even get a home because they have a student loan. I mean, that story in the documentary, it was just so sad about this guy. He graduates from college. He has all this debt. He has a job. And he literally didn't even have enough money to pay bills and was giving plasma. And I just was like, how many more people are out there with this? I mean, do you guys know how many people have student loan debt right now? I believe we're at about 45 million Americans that are carrying around that $1.7 trillion. And it's just an astronomical number. But like you're saying, I like to zoom in and look at the actual personal lives of the people who are struggling with this debt and help them find a way out. And Christina is really good at helping people avoid it in the first place. Yes, I mean, part of the challenge is students, they just don't understand what they're up against once they graduate from college with debt. A lot of times these students are 17 years old and we're asking them to sign on the dotted line for thousands of dollars in debt. And that's just, that's not okay. Well, Christina, you did something that was amazing. And you talk in the documentary about it, how you were able to raise a half a million dollars to go to school. I mean, how did you do how did you do that? I mean, 
give us some backstory here. Um, your mom was a single mother or your father had passed away. Tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you were able to do it. Yeah, well, the first day of my freshman year of high school, my mom basically said, Christina, I love you and I believe in you, but there's just no way that I can support you financially once you graduate from high school. You need to figure out your own way to pay for college. And at first I was shocked. I thought, why are you telling me this? I'm a freshman in high school. What can I do about it? But at the same time, I knew that she was just trying to help. You know, my dad, he passed away when I was seven after a long and painful battle with brain cancer. And my mom, she did the best she could to support me and my brother, but we still struggled financially. So even though that was hard to choke down, I'm so thankful she was willing to have that real conversation with me because it was honest and it let me know what I'd be facing when I went to college. And it gave me time to start doing research. It really lit a fire under me to start thinking about scholarships and how I could graduate without debt. I started reading every book, every article, every magazine I could find on the topic, just trying to figure out, you know, what can I do to stand out in the process? And I worked throughout high school to build up my resume. Then senior year, just treated it like a part-time job. I applied, applied, applied. And thankfully, it paid off. And I was able to win half a million dollars in scholarships and go to college debt-free. Well, where did you find all these scholarships? I mean, is there, did you just search online? And where does a person find these scholarships to apply for? And are they worth, are they huge amounts or are they small amounts? I mean, how many scholarships did you have to apply for and get to get to that amount of money? Well, it's definitely important to do your research. There's so many great tools out there now to find scholarships. I recommend you look at scholarship databases and um, they're basically search engines that are specifically for scholarships. There's ones like Scholarly and um, Big Future and all sorts of different ones out there. And use multiples because you'll get different matches just depending on which engine you use. And you can also just do a good old fashioned Google search. That's still very effective. But just put your research in. And what's crazy is there's scholarships for almost everything now. There's, you know, of course, the academic and the merit-based scholarships. But there's also scholarships for, like, being tall, being short, for loving to vacuum, for having the best zombie apocalypse escape plan. So <laughs> there's tons of scholarships out there. That's pretty amazing. I think, you know, I think most people, they just feel it's daunting to think of going and applying for all those scholarships. But you said you just treated it like it was a part-time job. I mean, is that what really helped you do that? Or you just set a goal of how many you were going to apply for every day? Yeah, it's crazy because it sounds like a lot if you say like, I want to apply for a hundred scholarships. But if you break that down and say, you know, I want to apply for a hundred scholarships over the course of six months, then that's like, there's 26 weeks in six months. So that's less than that's four scholarships a week, which is very doable. So it's like if you just break it down into incremental progress, you can see how you can really apply for a ton of scholarships and stand out in that process. What are some things that people can do that right now have student loan debt and they're feeling overwhelmed and they don't know how they're going to ever pay it off? I think there was a guy in the show. I know there was a guy in the show that had a million dollar student loan debt. And here he is. I believe he's an orthodontist. And he's struggling to pay off a student loan debt. I mean, I think at one point he was saying it's like 10,000 to 20,000 a month to 40,000. And you're like, that is insane. Yeah. And do you guys have any tips even for the person who maybe only has a 13 K student loan debt? Just what do you do if you can't pay it back or you just think I'm never going to get out of this? Well, the first thing is to give yourself a little bit of grace and to have a little bit of hope. I know that can be really daunting when you look at those numbers, especially if you've never looked at them before. You don't even know what the total number is. You're just kind of putting your head in the sand and hoping it goes away. But the truth is, the sooner you face that reality and come up with a plan, 
the faster you're going to make progress and the more hope you're going to have. I was one of those people. I graduated with $36,000 in student loan debt, and that was more than I made in a year. And so I was looking at thing, that thing going, how am I going to climb this mountain and get rid of this debt? And that's why I'm so grateful for the Ramsey plan that allowed me to pay this thing off. And it really was not about income. It was about taking control of the income I had and finding ways to make even more. And so that can look like side hustles and part-time jobs and consulting and freelance work and Uber and Lyft and DoorDash and Instacart and all of these different ways you can bring in some extra income. And what I did was I used the debt snowball method. So this is where you list out all of your debts from smallest to largest, ignoring the interest rate. Now, I understand people go, well, you should pay off the highest interest first. But if, if we were doing math here, we wouldn't be in debt. And so we've got to focus on behavior change and motivation and progress. And that's what the debt snowball method gives you. So once you have all your, your debts listed from smallest to largest, we're going to attack the smallest one while making minimum payments on the rest. So whether that's a credit card or your student loan, we're going to attack that small one with a vengeance. We're going to get all the margin we can on our budget. We may be cutting some subscriptions, cutting out eating out for a season so that we can find that progress. Because once we pay off that small debt, we free up a payment. And now that payment can be used for our next one. And you can see how the snowball rolls and picks up snow along the way. And that's exactly what I did to get out of my student loan debt, get out of my credit card debt and stop paying for the past and focus on the future. So have you paid that student loan? How long did it take you to pay your student loan So it off? took me 18 months to pay off that $36,000. And I also had $4,000 in credit cards. And what we found is the average it takes people to pay off their debt is 18 to 24 months if they get intense about this, if they're willing to make those sacrifices and they follow our plan. So I want to encourage people out there, think about what two years from now your life could look like if you didn't have the student loan debt. And this looks different for people. If you make $30,000 and you have $200,000 in student loan debt, that's a very different picture. It's a very different puzzle we're trying to solve here. But a lot of people, their debt tends to follow their income. So if you have $200,000, $300,000 in debt, I'm hoping you are a doctor or a lawyer and your income will follow that trajectory and you can use that shovel to pay off the debt quickly. Well, what if you were somebody, I, I know people that went to NYU and they have $100,000 in student loan debt and they can't even get a job, but are things like that, or they were a film major, or they were an art major. I mean, what are these guys going to do? Well, sometimes I mean, it means a change of career path, even temporarily, in order to make more money. I just watched a video last night. Uh, this gentleman went to culinary school. He went to the, nice, the best culinary school in America and racked up $130,000 in student loans. And for the past five years, he's had to work food jobs that pay 12 to $15 an hour. And he was just in tears trying to figure out how he was going to pay this off. And so sometimes it means doing a job that you don't really love for a short period of time so that you can focus on the thing that you really love. And that's one of the things that breaks my heart is seeing how debt delays your dreams. And so the faster we can get rid of this debt, the faster we can get to that dream job. I, you know, I have a sister who did that, Cordon Bleu, actually, and had all that and then couldn't get a job. They even closely paid for what she paid for in school and this question I have to ask is it's a personal one. Um, how do, is there any relief programs for people like that? I mean, like my parents even co-signed on the loan. And so they're getting hit up. She's getting hit up. What can people do in that type of situation? Well, there is the public uh, service relief program that's been out there, but the numbers have not been super encouraging. They, they have made it easier and they have, uh, you know, lessened the, the stringent policies they have around it so more people can get in. But when you take that number 
into the entirety of the student loan number, it's abysmal. It's about 0.19% when you look at what's been forgiven versus the student loans that are out there. So I don't want you to bank on that for you. I want you to make a plan because waiting 10 years for the hope of your student loans to get paid off is not a great game plan. I want you to get your life back a lot sooner than that. So for those people who are out there, there are some relief programs. You can look into refinancing. You can get on payment plans with your student loan servicer, but you've got to be proactive in communicating and letting them know what you can pay. Uh, otherwise, you can get in some really sticky situations because student loans are one of the hardest things to get rid of. Even through bankruptcy, even through hardship, it can be nearly impossible to get rid of these things through relief. So do you guys know or recommend any places or people they could go to to get help with that? Yeah, we've worked with one called Splash Financial, and they've been great to help people refinance when it makes sense for them. What we're not trying to do is just move the debt around and make us feel like we did something. Uh -huh. We're trying to get a lower payment and shorten the length of time that we're paying on those loans and reduce our interest rate. So if you do have really high interest rate student loan debt on the federal side and your payments are just way too much comparatively to your income, number one, we want you to get that income up as fast as possible, even if it means those side jobs and working overtime and all the things that we may not want to do. But it also, we got to look at that and go, is it worth refinancing? Let's look at the cost of this and see if it makes sense for us. So what about those who are getting ready to go to school or their kids are getting ready to go to school? What advice would you two give to them if they currently don't have, an, they're going to have to either take out a student loan or they don't, they don't know how they're going to go. They don't have money to go, but they want to go. What would you guys suggest? Well, we really encourage parents to take debt off the table for their students, like just encourage them to not even have that as an option and then explore what options are available because there are a ton of options available. You know, it may mean that you don't go to the fancy $70,000 a year private school, but if that means that you're debt free after graduation, then it's worth it. I mean, there are a ton of states that are now offering free community college. You can start there and then transfer to a four-year school. You can apply for scholarships. There are a ton of employer now, employers now that are offering um great tuition benefits where it's like if you work for them even part-time then they'll pay for your college you know it may be an online program it may not be a super expensive school but you get that four-year degree and what's really cool is if you walk around a ton of workplaces in america you know that have people sitting in one desk that went to an ivy league and someone sitting in another desk that went to an online school and they have the same job so it's like figure out what you need to do to accomplish your dreams and do it debt free I do have to ask one thing when I'm sitting here. I was like looking at you and I was like, hey, I wonder what scholarship she got. So can you name a couple scholarships or kind of what you got? How I mean, you got 500K. So what were type of variety of scholarships did you apply for? Can you give us like a little... I don't know, sample of some of the ones you applied for? Yeah, yeah. I apply, I encourage students to apply for a ton of scholarships because it's kind of a numbers game. Some of the scholarships that I'm, you know, really excited about and most proud of are I got to win the um, Coca-Cola National Scholarship um, and the Bill and Melinda Gates Scholarships, which really, those really paid for a ton. Um, Horatio Albert, um, a lot of Dean Scholarships, Presidential Scholarship, um, just a lot that I'm very, very thankful that they paid for my education. <laughs> Well, it's awesome that you took the time to do that and that you were able to get those scholarships. And I think a lot of people could, they just don't try. And it even says in the documentary why you're in school to keep trying to get more scholarships, not just when you're going, because they could raise tuition on you while you're at school. 
So you could, there's, isn't that correct? You could try to get a scholarship wire in junior oh, year. Oh, yeah. You can apply all throughout college. And that's the thing is I feel like I talk to a lot of students who are, you know, in their senior year and they're like, oh, I haven't applied for scholarships. What do I do now? They feel like hopeless. And it's like, wait, you're just starving. Like there's still so much time to get out there. And it's crazy. Actually, millions of dollars in scholarships go unclaimed each year. So like make sure you're doing the research and seeing what's out there because there is money out there. And it's important, you know, somebody's going to get that money. It might as well be you. Oh, yeah. I was just thinking as we're sitting here, another interesting tidbit of information that you mentioned in the documentary was um, how the fewer a parent and you signed on a student loan, maybe you guys could talk about this, that you're kind of on the, if your kid doesn't pay it, you have to pay it. And a lot of people don't think about that when they're signing on the dotted line for that loan. And like you said, you can't bankrupt that. I mean, is there any way a parent can get out of that? Well, if you're thinking about it, don't do it. It means you're not too late. Those Parent PLUS loans, they can have really high interest rates. And when you co-sign, you are legally on the line for that money, which means if Junior can't pay, it's on you. And we take calls all the time on The Ramsey Show that are heartbreaking where the student can't pay because like you're seeing, it can be hard to get a job in that field. And it can be hard to get your name taken off if your student doesn't have the income to take on that loan on their own. That's what the bank is looking at. Can we rely on this person to pay back this loan? And if not, the parent is on the hook. That's what they signed for. So I want to encourage parents, if you haven't already, don't sign on to that loan because you're only hurting your kid as much as you're hurting yourself. You're not setting yourself up for the future, for your own retirement, for your own financial plans. So you've got to put your own mask on first and we got to let that kid become an adult and deal with their own decisions. But I don't want you to co-sign on that debt. I think the reason the parents feel like they have to do it is because they think if my kid doesn't go to school, then he's not going to be able to get a job and, you know, all those things that we think are so important. There's something that's made us believe that a college education is now a must when it comes to be to having a successful life. Now, you tell me, is that a myth? Well, we definitely want to encourage people to explore options, not just in how to pay for it, but, you know, is college really for you? Is it for your student? You know, there are tons of great trade school options, certificate programs, and just different ways to success. It's not going to be college for everyone. And so it is okay to, you know, push against that notion that everyone has to go to college. What's really sad is when you have students who take out student loan debt and then get halfway through school and then realize that college isn't for them. So have those conversations early and really explore, you know, is that for you? You know, we're all for education, but we definitely want it debt free. So, you know, again, it's all about exploring the options, you know, both in the different routes to get there and in the schools and the debt free options. I have a question. If you went to school for like two years, you had a student loan and you dropped out, can you go back to school or do you have to pay off the debt before you can go back? You can go back to school and you, you may have to rack up more debt. There's no rule okay. against going back to school if you already have student loan debt. But I will tell you that a lot okay. of people, they don't end up finishing and then they're still saddled with this debt, which to me is one of the saddest situations possible because they're not going to get the job they thought they were going to get, even if that degree was going to get them there. And now they're still on the hook for forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars, and they're left going, "What do I do now?" And so the narrative really starts with the parents. As parents, we've got to swallow our pride because the reason we want our kids to go to college is because how it reflects on the parents, isn't it? You want you want your own reputation to look good 
amongst your friends as you talk about where your kid's going to school. And we've got to stop the shame and the stigma around community colleges and trade schools. Because I'll tell you, I get calls on the Ramsey Show from welders who make $80,000 who started when they were 18 and did it without any student loan debt. And I also get calls from people who have degree after degree who are making thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 and have no idea how they're going to make ends meet at the end of the month. And so we've got to stop the stigma. We've got to tell our kids that all education is worthy. And if you don't go to college, you can still have a great life. I think that's excellent advice, George. And probably a lot of parents need to hear that because, you know, a lot of times we live through our kids and we think their success is our success. And we can get caught up in this, like I think someone said in the um, in the video, it feels like either you have a Nike shoe or the Gucci shoe when it comes to colleges, right? If I'm going to Ivy League, I got a Gucci. <laughs> if I go into the community college, I'm wearing Nike. And that's really sad that people think that way because at the end of the day, like you said, you go to work and you don't know if the person next to you went to the community college or even maybe even went to college or if they went to the Ivy League school. And I see that every day where I work. We're from all, went to all different types of colleges and have all different types of experience and we're all at the same job. So that oh, is true. great words of wisdom from you, George. And then one, one thing I'd like to know is, again, I want to drive this home. What can people do if you have that debt? I know you said the snowball. Is there anything else that they can start doing to pay down that debt? I mean, what are some tangible things that they could take from this podcast that they could literally start tomorrow if they wanted well, to? Well, number one is get on a budget. If you're not doing a monthly budget right now, today is the day you can start. We've got a free tool called Every Dollar. You can go to everydollar.com and download this app, use the online portal there, and start your budget and do it in under 10 minutes. But you've got to pay attention to where your money's going because we all have money coming in. But what are we doing with that money? Most people would say, I have no idea. It just disappeared right, into some nights out with friends. And I'm not saying people are being frivolous. I understand that really it can be difficult to, to live paycheck to paycheck and make ends meet. I'm not talking about that. But when you do a budget, you feel like you got a raise because you figure out where your money's going and you end up learning to take control and have a job for every dollar that's coming in. So that's A1. Number two, I want you to take advantage of the student loan forgiveness pause that's happening right now. So the payments are stopped, the interest is stopped, they keep extending it but this can't go on forever. But the beautiful thing is you can make a lot of progress while it's paused. If you start making some extra payments while you're not accruing that interest, you'll actually feel a little bit of progress and see the light at the end of the tunnel. And that's why I love the debt snowball because you knock out a little debt and another little debt and another little debt and you start to believe that it's possible for you. So that's the other thing to do is take advantage of this time and pay extra right now even though your payments are paused. This is a great time to make that progress. You did this. You said that you actually paid off yours. So if you can tell me, how much were you making at the time? I was making $36,000 and my debt was $40,000. And so when you look at those numbers, I mean, it's hard to breathe. When you go, I can't throw every single dollar I have at this debt, you know, after taxes and your expenses and your rent and your food, there's not a lot left at the end of the month. And so what I had to do we start looking outside of my job and go, okay, what else can I do? Okay, I'm going to go Uber. I'm going to Lyft. I'm going to really get tight on my grocery budget. I'm going to only buy food that's on sale. And once you start to do all of that, you start to get excited about what other areas you can cut. So I cut cable because I was too busy working anyway. So I wasn't watching anything on, on TV. <laughs> I was out working. 
I would do freelance marketing work because that was my field that I was in. So I was building websites for people on the side. If someone was willing to pay me 100 bucks, 200 bucks, 500 bucks, I just got excited about what that could do to my debt journey to speed up this process. So that's the best thing you can do is have this positive attitude and get creative and look at your skill set, what you're good at. Even if it's mowing lawns, rich people are scared of leaves. Go buy yourself a leaf blower and start to start to do little things around the neighborhood. <laughs> You'd be shocked at what people are willing to pay for. Uh, I would sell stuff that was sitting around the house collecting dust and it became addictive. And as you see that debt start to go away and you start to see your future instead, that's an exciting place to be. Well, I can see you were really, you got excited I'm about pumped. it and you did it in two years. I, that is so amazing to me. And it's just proof that you can do it if you want to. Absolutely. You just got to want to do it and commit to it. Um, I like to ask people a question when they come on the show, and that is, what does Live Richer mean to you? Christina, do you want to answer that one first? Yeah, I think it's about having a full, beautiful, wonderful life. You know, I grew up in a low-income household and have worked my way to where I am now and feel like I, you know, have so much joy and that's the biggest thing, you know, even when my husband and I were building and growing and, you know, striving for our dreams and goals, it's like we still found a lot of joy in the process. And to me, that's the most important. Like if you have all the money in the world and you're not truly finding joy in your life, then what's it worth? So for me, it's all about, you know, having a full, complete life. Beautifully said. I'll jump in. Live richer okay. to me when I hear that. I think life on my terms. And I like to tell people my heart is to help millennials and Gen Z spend less, save more, and avoid money traps so that they can have more margin and options and freedom and meaning. And at the end of the day, that's what we want. It's a very simple need, but debt gets in the way of that. Debt delays our dreams. Debt is not a tool. It's a trap. It holds us back. And so the sooner we can get out of this debt and stay out of debt for good, the sooner we can live richer and have those options in our life and we can focus on what really matters and our real goals and those amazing experiences and traveling and early retirement, all of those things we would all say we want, that's going to help you get there. And so look at this as one step in that journey. You're going to look back two years from now after all the sacrifices and go, man, I got the rest of my life ahead of me now. And that is what I want for every single listener. And I think they can have that and they can have that from listening to you have a podcast, right? George? Yes. You can check out the fine print with George Camel, wherever you listen to podcasts. We have season one out right now with 11 episodes all about money traps that I'm sure you help your listeners avoid as well. We talk about the student loan crisis and credit cards and cryptocurrency and all of these things that are looming in your mind, like the housing market. And there's all these fears that we have and all of this FOMO. And what I want people to have is JOMO the joy of missing out because you're running your own race. You're on your own journey. We're living counterculturally. That's the kind of stuff that gets me excited is what does it look like to live against the grain to get what you want? And I think if we do that, we're going to go away from what the culture is saying and we're going to go towards what really matters to us. Do you have anything you want to, um, that you're working on, Christina, that you want to, do you have a podcast or anything like that? Do you want to talk about real quick? This is actually my fourth month at Ramsey, so I'm still pretty new. Um, I got to be on the Ramsey show a few times, make some appearances, but we're definitely still in the learning and growing phase and seeing what's next. So I'm, I'm excited to see what's ahead. We've got a, a student curriculum you, that she's been getting plugged into, and it's awesome. And so I'm really excited to help those high schoolers that are going through this curriculum learn these lessons early. All of those things you said, man, I wish I learned that in school. Wish I knew that when I was younger. We're really hoping to help this next generation beyond us 
learn all about all these traps so they can avoid them and live a better life. And we appreciate that and appreciate your stories, your personal stories. They're inspiring and your knowledge is helping so many people for, to go to college and not to get into debt and how to get out of debt. And I really appreciate it. And I just want to tell all of my listeners to remember to live richer. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Before you go, we'd love for you to subscribe to our show to catch all of our updates. Also, we want to hear from you. What are your burning questions about money and how to live your best life? Reach us at livericherpod at gobankingrates.com.